Thank you for joining us this morning. Our guest today is James Parker, Executive Director of ASCOPS. And for those who don't know what ASCOPS is, can you please tell them what it means? (laughs) Sure. Well, thank you for having me. Um, ASCOPS is the Arizona Conference on Police and Sheriffs, and we are a statewide organization with over 100 affiliates uh, statewide. Um, We look out for our membership as far as uh, their due process rights. We are their lobbyist, their legal plan, and anything that they need assistance with, we help them. Very cool. So how long have ASCOPs been around? We were founded in uh, 1997, so we're going to hit 25 years next year. Wow. Very cool. Okay. Tell me a bit about the mission statement. Do you have a concise mission statement? I know you're there to help law enforcement. Well, to be honest, we we are here solely for the purpose of making sure that their due process rights, they, they continue to receive their due process rights compared to what we found is the criminals had more rights than officers do. So we want to make sure that <laughs> true. when uh, an officer is being accused of something that they have the legal protection and the same opportunities that any other citizen of this state would have. So today's environment everybody's attitude towards law enforcement how does as cops feel about that well it's it's kind of strange because if you really go out and talk to the citizens in the the counties and the towns um, in the cities it's the people uh, respect their law enforcement and want them there especially in our smaller towns like we have Yavapai County uh, I've talked to them before and they said they have no issue their their public loves them where we have the issue is when you get into the mayors uh, the city councils and some rogue chiefs that's where that's where the uh, stress comes from this job when and I'm going to go from way back years and years ago when a uh, law enforcement agency is hiring and they're looking for a chief why is it they put the the nut out to the whole nation instead of promoting from within well sometimes and this is just my opinion sometimes i think it's has to do with political reasons uh they don't have somebody that fits their bill so to speak if the council wants a certain thing i'll take tucson for instance the council at the time wanted somebody to come in and rearrange the tucson police department and they found that in magnus uh so that's i mean we had some good i think we had good candidates right uh on the department to take over that job yeah when via senor left i think i think there was ample people out there to you know, ready to step up and take the job. Plenty of talent, and they they know the area. They know the what's going on. You bring somebody in from the outside; they don't know the area. No. They don't know the what needs to be done for internally. They have and no investment just, in this community. They have know nothing about our community here. Yeah, it's so true. And I just have never understood why are you bringing somebody in from the outside unless your entire police department is totally corrupt. Yes, there's no no reason for it. I agree. So, okay. What about trying to hire people? I mean, you're on the inside. Have the agencies had a hard time finding qualified people to to hire and, and take over? I think with the climate that's surrounding law enforcement today, uh, they are. It's And it's happening. It's not just statewide. It's it's throughout the country. Nationwide. It's nationwide. And it's, it's difficult. You can't find the qualified applicants. And they're... And from what I'm seeing, 
a trend is happening is where they're lowering the standards, and that's that's uh, that's a recipe for failure. Well, we had a deputy on about a month or two ago from the East Coast, and he said they get paid ten dollars an hour. I wow. I can't imagine living on ten dollars an hour. Well, if we look back, what was it in the nineties, where they, where New Orleans was having such a hard time with officers were committing robberies, murders, hits. Yeah, they were making seven dollars an hour at the time. So, yeah. so there's <laughs> sometimes you you know you know you're creating the problem that you're trying to get rid of. Yes, and even though, if you look at it, the money's not always the issue either. If you hire, if you if you can't afford it, that's one thing. But uh, take Tucson, for instance. I, mean, I hired on in 1991, and they, I think, seven, eight years prior to that was the last time they had a raise. And then still, we didn't get a raise until late 90s. So you probably had 15 years of no raises. But if you have, it, it gets frustrating, but if you have good leadership and you have the backing of your leadership, you can overcome that. It's when you have poor leadership I don't care what you pay someone, they're not going to stick around. Um, Tucson sure. just got a pretty hefty pay raise, and you still have officers leaving because one officer said, uh, there's no support here, and I'm no. not going to work for an agency that doesn't support you. And if you have a mayor that doesn't support you or a city council that doesn't Correct. support you, then, you know, why bother? Exactly. Why? And some people are just getting out of law enforcement altogether. And going where? What are they doing? The private sector, doing, you know, Costco. I mean, I know some people want to go work Costco QT even. Wow. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. You get better, more respect and better pay. Less stress. Less stress. <laughs> oh, that's so sad. How do you feel about, um, and I don't know if it's happening here, but defunding the police. I know some agencies have defunded the police. I'm like, okay, how's that working out for you? <laughs> I don't think it's working out too well, but I, if you look at it, they're all defunding you in, in some way. In Tucson, I don't care where you go. Because what they'll do is they'll cut programs, and then when people leave, they don't refill those positions. They don't refill. They don't rehire. And now all of a sudden, once you had 1,200 officers, now you're down to 900, but you're still saying, no, we're, we're at staffing levels. We're at maximum staffing levels because you've cut out all these jobs. What kind of jobs have been cut out? Um, they've changed. I know they've changed... Uh, I think the gangs have been changed to like a gun, um, like a gun control. Or I don't know exactly what the name of the, the unit is now, but they've done that. Or they've, I mean, I look back to when I was on, they had an issue with uh, stolen vehicles. So what they did, they brought an, a sergeant or a lieutenant in and they changed the FBI stats. So it looked like there was less car thefts because they reclassified it. They would reclassify the the damage. So they're going around the corner to get across the street. Yes. Wow. See, look, we don't we we have less car thefts here. We have less less GTAs, but we have more criminal damage. They they would stated they would list it as a criminal damage if you damaged the car, the the column, or you, you could see very well see that through the investigation they tried to steal this car. Well, it's not it's not a GTA, you know. GTA is yeah, Grand Theft Auto. Grand Theft, yeah. oh, sorry about that. <laughs> Just in case. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> I'm getting used to it, actually. So what does ASCOPs do to help the law enforcement? I mean, their benefits are being cut for the police, all agencies. Now, ASCOPs covers all agencies, right? Yes. We, we have federal, uh, we have state, we have county, and we have local cities. Okay. 
what kind of benefits do you offer them through your program that maybe the their agency doesn't offer because they cut the program? Oh, offer them legal assistance. So if an officer's involved in a shooting, let's say, uh, if you're out there and you don't have legal coverage from an attorney, the city's going to send out a city attorney, but that city attorney's out there for the benefit of the city, not right. to make sure that you are taken care of and your rights are... Um, you afforded your right. Your you afforded your rights. They're out there to make sure the city's not at uh, any risk or liability. So we take care of that. We have attorneys that are on call. So if there's an, any um, critical incident, that we send an attorney out to those those people. Are they local in Tucson? Or are they They're, in Phoenix? Or? We have them all over the state. We have two. We have I think thirty uh, attorneys throughout the state. So we have Tucson, Phoenix, uh, Cochise County. Yavapai County, so we're everywhere. We're everywhere. So we try to make sure we have enough coverage for all of our members out there. Can you? Is are there any cases that you can talk about where an officer was being treated unfairly? No, not right now. I can't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just thought I'd ask. <laughs> I've got a couple, but uh, they're in the process of going yeah, through. We, we can't talk about. We that. don't talk no, about current, no. ongoing, but. It's good that they know there's somebody there to help them. Now, if somebody's not a member of ASCOPS, how does that work? Can they come to you? Well, they can come to us, but they don't, they're not going to be able to receive the legal package right there. So we can help them to up to a point to where, you know, I can help administratively or help them through uh, what they're going through. And if they need an attorney, Sometimes we can get them to an attorney at a discounted rate, but ASCOPs will not pay the bill for that. So if they something happened, they were involved in an incident and they're being accused of something, can they, after the fact, join ASCOPs? They can, but they would not be covered for that incident. Okay. So you need to join now <laughs> before the car is Kind of like getting in a wreck and saying, hey, I, need to, I need my car fixed. Exactly. So... I know you, you have a huge amount of members. How many members do you have? We're at 3,000 right now. That's a lot of people. And we're growing. I understand that you're growing really quickly, too. Yes. yes. So where's the headquarters for ASCOPS? We have an office here in Tucson, and we also have a Phoenix office. Okay. Are you in charge of the Phoenix office as well? Yes. But I have, a, I have an office manager up there as well, and I have an office manager here. But I, as the director, I, I run the day-to-day -day operations. How often do you have to go up there? I try to go up at least once every two weeks or once a month. It just depends on my schedule. And what's going on? Yes. Are you still employed with uh, the department, any department? No, I'm, I retired in 07 from Tucson. Okay. From Tucson Police Department. Yes. And how was the temperature, the attitude in 07 towards law enforcement? When I left, we had almost 1,200 officers. And uh, I mean, I'd, to be honest with you, I know it sounds cliche, but there wasn't a time I didn't want to go to work. Yeah. I mean, I enjoyed it. But then again, my last seven years on, with, with my career was on a bicycle. So, I mean, you can <laughs> <laughs> you, you get paid to ride a bike, you know. I think I've seen you. <laughs> I recognize your face. Okay. So after people leave... You're, you're talking about them going to like Costco or QT or something. I know from experience that being in law enforcement is more of a calling. I mean, this is something people really want to do, and they mostly enjoy their job doing it. 
do any of these people work like maybe part-time in some type of security sector? Do they do they keep their foot in the door? Well, some do. I mean, some go to loss prevention and run. And I know one uh, one guy I know runs the Costco uh, loss prevention. So I mean, they still do. They still want. They still hold ties to it. Costco has secret shoppers. Oh, we maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> okay. Okay, I know a lot of people feel, and I hear it on the news all the time, and it just makes me want to pull my hair out, that law enforcement, they get away with everything. They, you know, they can commit a crime and they just get away with it because they're law enforcement. What do you say to that? That's to the contrary. You get, as a law enforcement officer, you get hammered harder than a normal citizen because you're held to a higher standard than you should be. Right. I mean, you think about the money that the cities and towns and pay and invest in the officer. Uh, sixty to a hundred thousand dollars to have an officer start from day one to where they're out on their own. That's a lot of money to invest, and you want to you try to pick the bright, best and brightest, and someone with integrity and character. And uh, when you when you make a mistake, they make you pay dearly for it. Let's talk about Minnesota. Are you okay talking about the case in Minnesota? Yes, that's fine. Okay, I. For months, for weeks and months, all you saw on the news was this officer kneeling on this guy's neck. And it wasn't until closing arguments, I just happened to be home, turned on the TV, and they showed the first 15, 20 minutes prior to this man being put on the ground and being held. And in my opinion, the officers did everything right. And, you know, they... He was saying he has claustrophobia. He said, well, I'll open the window for you. Despite the fact that he was asleep in his own car, he can't get in your car because he has claustrophobia. And he started saying that he couldn't breathe as soon as they put the handcuffs on him. And I was just really appalled that all these months went by and they never showed what led up to that incident. Not that kneeling on his neck was the right thing to do, but there was a reason for it. How does, how does Ask Copper, how do you view that situation? Well, the, I think the issue that I had, was I was a defensive tactics instructor for 10 years, and we've never taught somebody to kneel on someone's neck. And as far as we've had issues out on the streets when I was working that if somebody's upset and not handling the issue properly, we step in and intervene and take, hey, why don't you move over here? I'll take care of this guy for you, or I'll take care of this. You know, we So we kind of looked out for each other, and that that was missed here. Mm-hmm. There was a big opportunity for those officers that were out there to maybe step in and say, hey, let me take care of this. You've had, a, you, you've had some issues with this man before. You've had a history with him. Let us get involved here and step him aside. And who knows? I mean, he was, you know, they said he was dying anyway from fentanyl. Now he had a mouthful yeah. of photograph, a yeah. mouthful of pills. And would it have mattered? Probably not. But when we when we deal with the public, if they're telling us they're in some type of medical emergency or they're they're claiming they can't breathe or something's not right, you call for meds. You call for medical assistance. And that, that, that didn't we didn't happen. see that happen. And I think that's what got him in a lot of trouble is that they did not render aid to that man. And... In my opinion, they should have. Yeah, absolutely, they should have. And uh, the two rookie officers, the, he was training them. So 
They're, they spoke up, but they didn't. They didn't act. Act. And they should have. I mean, whether you're a rookie or not, you still should should yeah. act. The nine-year-old little girl knew, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Outstanding. That was a sad situation. This and whole I, thing, yeah, this whole thing is a, should have never happened. But this whole thing is what America is painting all law enforcement yes. th- with that same brush. And it's just so not true. And it's unfortunate because it's not. If you look at things, I mean, we look back... I started in my life in the military. You know, 3% probably didn't belong in the military. You go in the public sector, maybe 3% don't belong in the job I was doing in the public sector. You come into, I mean, the private sector, I'm sorry. Then you come to police department, maybe there's 3% that don't belong wearing the uniform. Right. And I think we need to do a better job in the academies instead of pushing these people through because you need bodies. When you see an issue in the academy to deal with that issue. Take care I, of it. Yeah, right I know away. for a fact that people have been pushed through the academy when trainers have said they don't belong here. That's unacceptable. And I think that's some of the problem. So how are they going to solve that problem when they need bodies? I still think you have to, you don't lower standards. You still stay true to what we do. You still find the people with integrity. You still find the people with character. And you still hire those people. Even though your your numbers are low, but... You, you, you can get a better job done yes. with quality people yes. than hiring somebody who shouldn't be on the department. Correct. I wonder I wonder how the person that I can't think of his name up in Minnesota, I wonder how he did in his academy. He was not well, he was a trainer, so he had to be yeah. there for a while. That I don't know. That didn't look to see how far back we didn't get into it that much and that deep. Yeah. That's I think they maybe should have. They could have looked maybe if they look back and seen maybe you have something that was leading up to this how, how was he what did his uh ia record look like i mean was he apparently he had force? a lot of complaints yeah so that's too bad they should have done something earlier what kind of training you know you said you did training what kind of training do the law enforcement need i know a lot of agencies say we've never trained anybody to kneel on somebody's neck so you know they're talking about oh let's defund the police or let's retrain everybody what is your opinion? Well, you don't train somebody to put your knee on the neck. That's true. But if you're in the midst of combat or you're in the midst of trying to take somebody down, that's going to happen. But as soon as you recognize that, you need to step back and tone it down. And you just use the force that's necessary to take to deal with the issue. And that still needs that needs to be kept drive, driven home every day, every time you're at the academy, every time you're talking to training AOT or advanced officer training teaching this and I know um, and they still do it now they're teaching officers to not go to the ground and you know, try to teach hands-on more hands-on or they're, now they're trying to keep you to from do I'm sorry trying to keep you from doing hands-on and I think that's going to get a lot of officers hurt because now they're second-guessing if I'm not if I do this my agency's not going to back me because when when we were doing this job, it was I ask you to do something once. If you don't, I'm going to make you do it. You don't keep telling, especially somebody that pretty you're please, doing, yeah. <laughs> especially if you're doing somebody that's being aggressive. You tell them one time to do something, and if you keep playing with them, it's not going to turn out well for either one of you. And I think that training needs to be that needs to be embedded in these officers. And I know I, I take I get it that. Not everybody's been in a fight when they come to the academy. So that's where uh, we as defensive tactics instructors would take them to the ground and just see how they reacted because they, they need to know that they can survive. 
So we, did, we didn't teach people. We try not to teach people how to fight because you don't, you can't, I mean, it, it's difficult. You don't You're have the time. To fight. You don't have the time to do that. Yeah. You try to teach them how to survive and take control of somebody and then uh, take care of the situation. So, okay, take care of the situation. I think when I watched that videotape, the 15, 20 minutes prior to him being put on the ground, I think they did everything right until he was put on the ground. And then everything went sideways. And it's just really sad. Now there, I, there's a group of people out there that think that um, social workers should be answering some of these like domestic uh, disturbance calls or active shooter calls because they say that a social worker can do it better. What do you say to that? That's a big mistake. And funny you should bring this up. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, got, I was contacted the other day by someone who said... They gave me a case number and told me to do a records public records request on this. Is that they did send Tucson police did send social workers out to a call and, and, and I may be wrong. This is what was told to me, so I don't know this is fact until I see the report. But they sent two social workers out to deal with a an individual that's had mental issues before, and he took one of them hostage. And so I'm waiting to get that public records back. So I can, so we can see what's going on. Cause I have not seen that on the news yet at all. No, so that's why, that. you know, you kind of take what somebody says to you. you With you a grain of salt. Yeah. But when they handed me the, they, there's a report out of uh, the Tucson P police department. There's a report on this out of the Pima County Sheriff's department. So I did a public records request on both of those reports. Yeah. And these people aren't trained no. to handle situations like that. And it just, it's scary. To and you're think. not, they're not armed. They're you can you can only talk so much to someone. Yeah. Um, just like we always said, you can't talk to an intoxicated person. You can't reason with them. Or somebody who's on yeah, drugs. Or on drugs or having a mental breakdown at the time. You can't reason with them. And you think about it. All these high-profile cases across the country, the person was on drugs, selling drugs, had illegal weapons, use of weapons, and everybody's like, oh, the poor soul, he's, you know got seven kids and trust me if he loved his kids he wouldn't be on drugs he yeah. wouldn't be using you know weapons illegally and you know i don't care how many kids he has this is wrong he's not father of the year let's face yeah. it well they say if you, an officer tells you put your hands behind your back put your hands behind your back yeah easy or, or let me see your driver's license okay hand it to him yeah if you done nothing wrong you have nothing to worry about what is the protocol for when somebody gets pulled over? What what should the person being pulled over do? Even my, myself, I would just leave my hands up on the steering wheel so they can see. So them. they can see my hands. Yeah, and roll down my window. If you're if my windows are tinted, so I'd roll down all my windows. Like when I go through a, a checkpoint for the border patrol, I roll Everything. down my windows so they can see inside my vehicle. Yeah, and I think you do the same thing with them. Keep your hands up. Put, put your windows down so they can see in the vehicle and, you know, don't reach for anything until the officer tells you to. And then tell them where you're going to reach. Yeah. So it's, if you know, it's in the yeah, glove box or it's in, in yeah. your purse or yeah. whatever, no, let them know what you're doing. I mean, it's just um, common courtesy and common sense. <laughs> common sense. There's something that hasn't <laughs> been used in a long time. Okay. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back in a few. This is Amy, a volunteer with Pima County Search and Rescue. Before you head out, turn your location app on in your smartphone, then power that phone off until you need it. 
and in an emergency, you will need a fully charged phone. This is Deputy Chuke with Pima County Search and Rescue, reminding you that infants and toddlers do not experience heat as adults do. Consider this when bringing your young ones on a hike in temperatures of over 80 degrees. You do not want to risk that child having heat stroke or being arrested for child endangerment. It's Mark from Law Matters, and I'm asking you to join us in our 1030 campaign. 1030 is code for unnecessary use of radio. Keep our radio show free from unnecessary advertising by visiting lawmatters1030.org and click the 1030 campaign button. Your monthly tax-deductible donation of $10.30 will allow us to broadcast public service announcements instead of advertisements. Visit lawmatters1030.org and sign up today. This is John, a volunteer with Pima County Search and Rescue. Planning a day hike? Start hydrating a few days ahead, bring plenty of water, sunscreen, a first aid kit, and proper clothing. It's the smart thing to do. Hi, this is Sherry inviting you to join Law Matters live show every Saturday morning at 8. On our next show, and you won't want to miss this, we have an exclusive interview with the original Dick Tracy. We can't do the show without your support. Please join our 1030 challenge by making a monthly tax-deductible donation of $10.30. For more information, go to lawmatters1030.org. Law Matters podcast can be found on iTunes, Google Play, and lawmatters1030.org. This is Colleen, a volunteer with Pima County Search and Rescue. If you are hiking with children and pets, you need to carry the extra supplies they can't. Remember, one quart of water per person per hour, and when it's half gone, turn around and start down. Deputy Chuke here with Pima County Search and Rescue. If you're thinking of a trek through nature, plan ahead, look ahead, and use your head. Your future depends on it. Thanks for staying with us. Our guest today is James Parker, Executive Director of ASCOPS. And tell us again what ASCOPS stands for. Arizona Conference of Police and Sheriffs. Okay, and we've been talking about today's environment regarding law enforcement. It seems to be a national thing. It's not something that's just local. I think every local community has their own things going on. I want to know about um, the Brady List. Explain to our listeners what the Brady List is and then how does uh, ASCOPS approach the Brady List? Okay. Well, it's been called many things. It's been called a disclosure list. It's been called an integrity database and it's been called a liar's list. But all it, all it is is a disclosure list. It's a rule 15.1. And what uh, it came from a 1963 case with Brady versus Maryland, where the government's withholding of evidence uh, that is material to determining guilt or punishment of a criminal defendant, uh, it violates constitutional rights to due process. So the prosecution was withholding evidence that could have helped uh, Brady in this case. Well. So if... For instance, if a officer has done something that violates an integrity issue, it's incumbent upon the prosecution to disclose that information to the defense. In any case. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's... <laughs> that's yeah. pretty remarkable. Well, this is back in 1963, too, so... Okay. <laughs> it's where a lot of our case law comes from. <laughs> <back in the. laughs> okay. A lot of people feel that, you know, law enforcement gets away with stuff, and we know that's not true. How do you go about changing that opinion? Because any good law enforcement officer, if there's a bad law enforcement officer out there, they want them gone more than you do. Oh, yeah. We don't want, we don't want bad cops working with us. 
gives us, Lisa, gives us a bad name. Exactly. So how do you deal with it? Well, they if they've done something wrong and they go through the process and their due process rights have been granted to them and um, they go through their civil service, they go through the appeals that they're allotted and they get terminated. That's how the process works. Okay, I've I've heard some cases, especially in the height of all this, you know, drama that's been going on the last year, some officers were fired on the spot without due process. What happens with them? They still can go back and do the appeal because what they'll do, the attorneys will step in and go to the, the appellate courts and the superior courts and um, file paperwork on that to get their due process rights reinstated. And have any of these officers ever been reinstated because of some legal glitch? Yes, but then usually if they've done usually they end up messing up again, then they end up gone. Or what the, the departments will do, they'll put them someplace where they can no longer go on the streets. Yeah, if, if they'll you, sit them at a desk or they'll put them, they'll hide them away. If, yeah, if you're sitting at a desk, typically it's because yes. you're being punished. Or you're on light duty. <laughs> so we, yeah. Yeah. But we, we have Explain a, light duty so our listeners know what light duty uh, means. Well, it's if, most of the time it's if an officer gets injured on the job and let's say they've been out due to surgery or rehab or anything, they can come back and sit duty, basically a light duty desk job, uh, answering phone calls, taking reports over the phone. While they recover. While they recover. And once they recover, they go back on the streets. Have you had many of those? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I've had to do it. Um, so yeah, what happened? I blew my shoulder out. So. How'd you do that? Defensive tactics. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Many years of getting the arm twisted and thrown and you know, just you know, beaten um, up and it just finally gave way one day. And uh, so I, they put me on my duty, but that's what retired me. Oh, wow. So, that had to be sad. Yeah. It only had 17 years on at the time, so I wasn't ready to go and it's not the way I wanted to go out. Yeah. A lot of people hesitate to retire because they enjoy the job. Yeah. Yes, Exactly. But so, I want to I want to get back to something that you brought up about uh, officers just getting fired on the spot. We're dealing, and I can talk about this. This is in the uh, court of appeals, and we won there. We had an officer that was on light duty. He did all the right things to go on vacation. Um, he had to contact his supervisor. He had it was all approved for vacation. He goes on vacation. Well, they wanted to get in touch with him. Well, he wasn't here. He was on vacation. They fired him for job abandonment, oh and then, <laughs> and then they would not give him his due process. Right, they would not allow him to appeal it. So we had to go through the court system. We went to the, we went to Superior Court. Superior Court, for some reason, would not let us, would not let our attorneys argue the point. So we had to go to the appellate court. The appellate, we won at the appellate court, and now it's being kicked back down to the, the courts again. That's so, so technically, this this agency can sit here and say, hey, Jim, you're on vacation, but you just did job abandonment. We're going to fire you now. And that happened here in Tucson? No, not in Tucson. Okay. So I don't want to give that out. <laughs> so, yeah, don't worry but about it's it. But it, you know, that, that's, <laughs> that's the kind that's ludicrous. some of the stuff that we deal with as, as ASCOPs and our attorneys deal with. Um, it sounds like it just fell through the cracks and yes. Peter wasn't talking to Paul. When, and that's the thing where you, and now they try to put him on the Brady list. Because of 
because of his job abandonment, because he just left the job. So is that an integrity thing? We don't know. I mean, that's, he didn't, for one, he didn't do anything wrong. He did what he's, but that's where we had to step in and with the Fraternal Order of Police and the Arizona Police Association, we got together as cops, we all got together and tried to revamp Brady. Not in so much as that where it affects the constitutionality of it. We can't do anything about that. That's written in stone. But what we could do is make sure that our officers have due process rights throughout this. So you just get thrown on Brady without any notification. That's what was happening. We had an officer was, and this happened here in Tucson, five years on the, or five years later, he goes to court and they said, they found out he's on Brady. He had no idea he was on Brady. We had, and so these, that's life changing. Yes. We had another one in, and this was in Casa Grande. He was on Brady, which the chief decided to keep him, let him continue working. But when the, that chief left, the new chief came in, you're on Brady, you're fired. And we lost that. But this will alleviate that, the new bill, because if you're on Brady, and if you, they, can, they can fire you for the underlying issues why you're on Brady. But the sole reason for your termination can't be because you're on Brady. That sounds like abuse of the Brady list. That's what. That's why we all got together and tried to get a fix due, it. Do, yeah, fix it and had, get due process for officers because they had nothing. Um, the county attorney at the time, I think it was Montgomery, wouldn't let you come in person. Wouldn't let you fight it. All you could do is send him a letter saying why you don't belong on Brady. They wouldn't reinvestigate anything, so they took whatever the the departments gave them as you know gospel. And if you if your uh, letter didn't persuade him one way, one way or the other, you were done. There is no uh, appeal process because the Brady list is nationwide. Yes, so that means you can't go anywhere Correct. and and do your job if yeah. you and that's abuse of the list. Yes, you know I don't like uh, John Doe. I'm going to put him on the Brady list and screw with him because he had a spontaneous utterance. Oh, so when we've had that before, and that's what I liked about the chief when I was there. When all this was coming to a head, um, he says, Jim, we're, ne- we're not going to put anyone on a Brady list for a spontaneous utterance because everybody, that's your self-protection. Yeah. Now, if you put it on paper or you in an investigation or you put something in a report, you're, you're done. I said, we can agree with that because if you're going to lie in a police report, you're going to lie anywhere. Anywhere. Yeah. So if you don't have integrity, then you don't have integrity, and we can't fix that. Wow. So that's the kind of stuff we were trying to stop. That's it was used thing. as a weapon. Yeah, absolutely. Because if we can, and you have somebody like Magnus who loses at civil service, he, he tries to fire you, so he gets three bites at the apple. He gets civil service, he gets Arizona Post that holds our certificate, Okay. and then he gets Brady. So if he loses... Two, he still has Brady, and at the time, they he can just say, "Yeah, I think this guy's lying." You can't prove that he's lying. You yeah. think he's lying? Yeah. We it's think your he's opinion, lying. So you're going to put him yeah. on the Brady list and and if you can ruin sway the life. if you can say sway the county attorney to say, "Oh yeah, we think he's lying too." Well, thinking and knowing it's two different things, or thinking that he did something out of character. Or, you know, if you know if, if you go out and have a DUI, yeah, they're going to put you on the 15.1 rule list because you go to what I'm going to go testify now and go after somebody who's had a DUI. Yeah, true. 
it's a whole different set of standards. And I don't yeah. think the general public really understands the standards that law enforcement are held by compared to your average drug uh, addict or yeah. you know, robber. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, there's zero due process rights. I mean, there's in some places, there's zero due process rights for people. And that's where we step in. We try to change. We've changed stuff down in Yuma County. We've changed stuff in Yavapai County, the way they do business. And that's what we try to do. And it's not that we're trying to take over. We don't want to re- usurp anyone's authority. We're out there to make sure that the officers are getting due process just like anyone else would. Right. Uh, now, whatever happens to that, if you go through your your um, appeals process and you're fired, you're fired. You know, there's, you know, sorry, there's nothing we can do about that. You shouldn't have screwed up. Yeah. So is ASCOP, is there an ASCOP in every state? Is there an organization like ASCOPs in every state? That No, we're Arizona specifically, exclusively in Arizona. So other states don't have a program like yours that well, oh no no they do they i mean there's i'm sure they do i know i know nevada does they have their nevada police officers association or whatever their state and i don't know what their state right. uh, affiliation is uh, but we deal with this uh, arizona only okay we, we've been kind of fortunate that we don't have riots a lot of unless we win a basketball game or something we don't typically have riots in arizona around here but they have had gatherings i don't know if you want to call them gatherings peaceful gatherings um how does the temperament and the attitude how does it change when you're working a riot situation well you're on a higher alert you you're kind of watching out for each other they they have different i guess training issues or training levels we we had a mobile field force that we'd use for you know, the big riots, so like when U of A won in the 90s and we didn't, we'd go down in 4th Avenue. Um, then when I was in the bike unit, we were trained a little differently. We trained to like use our bikes in front of us and don't let them go past us and that kind of thing and just, you know, keep, keep them out of the streets. Uh, and now I understand they kind of let them take over the streets, so I don't, which I don't understand that. But. Yeah, what's the point of that? Let them take over. Yeah. And well, so we've they can seen, destroy everything? Yeah, we've seen it on the news, Portland and Seattle, yeah. where they just ruined the city. And, you know, they don't want us judging all of them by those few people who are ruining the city, yet they're judging all law enforcement by the activities of maybe a couple. Yeah. That makes no sense to me. Well, that's maybe why I never, never became a chief, is because the first person that climbed a pole during a riot they'd have been taken down i'd had him removed and arrested the first person that toppled a statue would have been in jail now that's going on this morning you just you just have to take control it's that's our job our job is to protect the citizens out there not to let these people run roughshod over the community and that's been lost somewhere january 6th were you watching i was watching tv when all that happened it was just appalling yeah Tell me all the things that went wrong. <laughs> Where do you start? I, mean, I know. <laughs> it's like... Well, from my understanding, after watching everything, they knew this was going to happen. They knew there was, this was coming. The FBI knew it. Uh, why Why didn't they give help to the Capitol Police? Why wasn't there reinforcements? Why? You know, we can ask why all day long. I just That's something I don't understand. And then they're... they're I guess they're criticizing some officers for letting these some of these people in 
well, you know, you're standing there by yourself. You've got 500 people or how many, you know, there's more than one. Yeah. You know, one or two you can deal with, but, you know, you got 100 that's coming through. What are you going to do? You can't stop them all. So you got to do what you can. You got to look at one thing. That's property. It's not somebody's life. That's property. You don't, you know, your life's not worth that property. True. Now, if it, now the... I wasn't sure if they were in session. I, I, I'm pretty sure that all the congressmen and senators got out, but that would be a different story if they were still in there. You know, I mean, that's you. Then you defend them with your life. That's your job. Yeah, that that was a horrific situation, yes. and I don't understand why more hasn't been done with what's gone on and, you know, some of the things that are happening, they weren't defending the law enforcement people at all. No. They were accusing them and blaming them. Well, they're, they're blaming the officers. They're blaming the rank and file for the incompetence of the upper echelon. Yeah. That's how it always is. <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah. You know what they say? Guano rolls downhill. Yeah. So, yeah. okay. What would you have done in that situation? To be honest with you, I mean, I, I can't. You, you just court, look I won't at it Monday morning like, quarterback. It's like, what do you do? I mean, you you try to you try to make sure that your fellow officer is not getting injured. You try to protect each other at that point. If you have no reinforcements, you don't have anyone to come and help. You look out for one another. And all these these court cases are still going, and they're yes. still arresting people and putting all the videos together. So it's not being ignored. It's just not in the. Gee, it's not it's in, not the in the open news. Like, yeah. yeah, it's not in the news and what they say, 14,000 hours of video. video that they're not releasing. And So do you feel, you know, they'll say, okay, we want to see the video and put it out there right away. Do you feel that's the right thing to do? I think you, get, I think you have to let the investigation proceed. You don't let, while you're doing, the, while there's an ongoing investigation, you can't let that in, that that, trial by media. Yeah, you can't have that happening. You can't let the information out. You can't try it. Like you said, you can't try this in the media. You have to do it the right way. And the officer in, in Minnesota, that was totally tried in the media. And yes. what frustrated me was how slanted everything was. They made it sound like he got up that morning and he planned to go out and, you know, kill somebody. Kill somebody yeah. And that's obviously not what happened. Correct. But... You need to watch the video, the before, because they all of them were very polite. You know, yeah. we're going to accommodate your claustrophobia. Everybody, and I find it hard to glorify a drug addict in any respect. Yeah, that, that's that's what I have heartache with. Yeah, the man was died. I don't want to say he was killed because I don't know. I I'm don't not, either. I didn't perform the autopsy, and I don't want to. Can't can't tell you. Yeah, <laughs> it's, like, it's just the the whole thing just kind of stinks. Yeah, like you said, he didn't get up in the morning thinking hey, I'm going to go out and kill somebody today. Yeah, I mean everybody's actions. You know, each each person's actions caused what happened out there and their reaction towards that. Oh, they're very you know all these drug addicts are very instrumental in their own demise. Yes, and you know you can't say any differently. It's no, there. No. It's there. So, and somebody gets automatically fired, does ASCOPs automatically get involved, or do you look to see if they're a member? Well, you have to be a member, or we don't cover it. But yes, we do. As soon as we get the information, most of the time we'll 
the majority of the time we get a con- we're contacted by the leader of the organization or sometimes we're contacted by the member himself and they say hey i'm i'm, I'm going to get fired or i'm getting fired but we're we're, we're involved long before that because we know something's going on because they've been disciplined we've already been involved whether it's through the disciplinary process uh, or all the interviews sometimes our attorney sits in depend on depend on the agency themselves we sometimes we can have an attorney sit in with them and so we're already involved so once somebody comes to us say hey i'm in trouble and it's as well as an admin or is it criminal we don't know yet so well uh, we tell them the first question you ask when you go sit in internal affairs is, is this administrative or is this criminal? If it's criminal, you're done talking. You give me a call, I get you an attorney. Um, if it's administration, if it's administrative, excuse me, you have to talk or they'll terminate you. That's what Garrity's for. Garrity's protects your rights that way. They can't use anything you say during a compelled uh, statement in a criminal matter. Okay, you said Garrity. Where does that expression come from? I knew you'd ask me. I've just, I just—I <laughs> didn't know you'd ask me, but I just brought that just came in my head. And I, I, there was a—it's another court case where, um, and I may get this wrong, but if you go, if a person goes and sits down and being investigated and interviewed, if you don't speak to them, you get your automatically—they'll terminate you. So for a protection, the person started talking, and it turned out to be criminal and they took this and went to the courts and tried them under criminal and they came back and said no that's illegal you can't do that because that's coming from a compelled statement because of his job so if you're compelled if it's a compelled statement for your your job uh if you don't talk to us you're fired hence a compelled statement then you're covered under garrity so if you say something that's criminal within that they can't use that if you if they decide to go criminal on you isn't that how bill cosby got out of jail you know i didn't follow <laughs> bill cosby at all <laughs> he, he said not something. one of my fans <laughs> yeah me either <laughs> okay okay is the process like if you're in the corporate world you you get taken into hr and they write you up then you'd get taken into hr and they write you up it's like three times and you're out is the process like that or does it depend on the gravity of the situation it depends on the circumstances and the gravity if you're as we call them frequent flyers you're eventually going to be terminated <laughs> frequent flyer. Yeah, yeah okay we've had a few of those <laughs> and you wonder what were you thinking when you applied for this job yeah. well then what they do is if they have an issue with somebody that it's performed that poorly they put them on a performance evaluation performance evaluation so if they don't meet certain parameters within say they have six months then they've these officers have signed this paper saying that I'll abide by this or there's going to be more severe punishment up to and including termination. So they, they give them chances um, because it, they said difference in a corporate world compared to the police world yeah. is, you know, the background checks, you know, everything. I'm, I'm sure they're in, in the private sector. It's the same way, but they spend a lot of money, a lot of money invested in you to be this officer. So if they can change your behavior, that's what basically what, disciplines we need to change his behavior unless it's too egregious where uh, you're terminated we just need you to go we don't need you here anymore because then it becomes a liability on the department i was gonna say there's liability yes and this isn't you would think they'd be able to do that all the way up the chain of command you think if, <laughs> if, if you're not performing the way you should be yes. see you bye yeah 
be nice, wouldn't it? <laughs> so what happens with the when the city council or your mayor doesn't support law enforcement, yet uses them like their personal security team, what happens to the attitude and the, the atmosphere of the police department? The morale continues to decline. Yeah. Um, then I think, and we discussed this earlier, I think the mayor is just trying to be relevant here because she wants to be, she wants to further her aspirations in the political career, but she wants to look at the larger cities like New York, Chicago, those places where they have their private security, they get they drive them around everywhere and you know she wants to make herself relevant so that's i think that's does she have a private security team that drives her around i well they they used she used to have i think they cut back i think there's only one or two people that are still her security now, i don't know if they're driving her that i can't answer but i think she i think she'd like to have that i think she wants to be uh relevant in some way and she's not right now it's unfortunate Okay. <laughs> I, there's so much I'd like to say right now, <laughs> but I can't. It's it's just crazy. How do you promote as cops? How do you get people to join law enforcement? Because I know we've got a few listening. What do you tell them is the benefit of joining as cops before the dent in the car? <laughs> yeah, before the, yeah, before the in-custody death, before the shooting? Yes. Uh, well, a lot of it now is... Um, when we started in 97, we went out, I mean, we would go to different towns, cities, and do recruiting drives. We still do that. However, most of that's done within the departments now because we have Phoenix. We have uh, Tucson. We have uh, Cochise County. So what they do is they'll, as new people come in, they talk about ASCOPs. They they call us. They go to our website, and um, they, they call the office and talk to me. And it's... And we go out and do, we have uh, a convention every year that we invite people to. Where's the convention held? Our convention this year is going to be held in Prescott at the Prescott Resort. Oh, nice. Very nice. What's we're, trying to out what, we're going to try to figure out what we want to do for our 25th next year, but got to deal with this year first. <laughs> but we're all, it's going to be a big one, yeah. 25th. Yeah, we got to do something. That's going to be awesome. Yeah. What's your website so people can go to your website and check www. it out? www.azcops.org. And cops is plural. Yes. And there's uh, the, the thing, too, with ASCOPs is you have to be a member of a, like a, already a participating organization. We, we don't take just individuals because we can't help them. Uh, let's say something happens. If, let's say somebody in, I'm trying to think of who we don't have. <laughs> uh, I can't join. No. I'm not with a, a yeah, law enforcement yes. agency, so I can't join. Correct. I'm feeling a little left out, but so, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> so you have to be, how about security companies? They have to be AZ Post certified. So we, to, especially when it comes to security, like for some of the federal stuff, they're law enforcement. You have to be law enforcement. Security officers aren't considered law enforcement within the scope of what the uh, definition is. So, I mean, we we don't go out into the private sector. We don't cover private sector. We don't do private prisons. It's, you know. Okay, what if uh, you've got law enforcement and he's doing an off-duty job, security detail someplace, do you... He's still our member. He cover, you're yeah. covered. Mm -hmm. So Correct. if something happens. Yes. And what's... Here's the thing, too. When you're working off-duty or you're working... Let's say you get sued civilly. 
because that's what's going to happen to you. Right. Your your city or town or your insurance that you that the other like say Dillard's has because I used to work at Dillard's that would cover you. If it doesn't, we step in and take care of it. We would cover them. So our there's you know we basically cover these officers and members for everything. That's pretty remarkable. That's awesome. At least they have the benefit. That benefit they can feel comfortable knowing that they're covered no matter what happens. Yes. So if you're not a member, you should join. Correct. If you're qualified. Correct. Because it's an exclusive group of people. Yes. Okay. Are you still a member? Am I still a member? I'm not an officer you, Yeah, anymore. I was going to say, you, <laughs> you, but you're in charge of yes. it. Yes. Yeah. So I is, run the, like I said, I run the day-to-day operations. So, and how long have you been doing that? Well, just this job for... 10 years, uh, but I've been involved with ASCOP since the inception, 1997. So next year is going to be a big celebration yes. for you. Been doing union stu- union business for over 30 years. And, okay, we only have like a minute left. So when you say you represent them in your union, you represent them with all legal matters, including s- creating statute that will help protect them. Correct. So... We did, and at the federal level, we're affiliated with the National Association of Police Organizations. They have over 240,000 members with 1,000 organizations, and that's for the federal side of everything. So we have representation for the the federal. Uh For everybody's covered. Well, that's awesome. I want to thank you for coming on the show and and being with me today. Well, thank you for having me. I've been wondering about ASCOPs. What do they do, and why are they here? Now I know. And let's plan a big party for next year. Hey, sounds good to me. (laughs) Okay. Until next week, I want everybody to shop local, stay safe, and don't forget to join us next week. We're going to be interviewing Dick Tracy. You don't want to miss it.